Welcome to We Belong Here, Lessons from Unconventional Paths to Tech. I'm your host, Lauren Lee. And who am I? I was your wacky 10th grade English teacher who would occasionally rap a Shakespearean soliloquy, would always encourage a live performance of a book report, and would occasionally dress up in costume as Professor Dumbledore to host an ethics debate, who then, after nearly a decade, decided to take the massive leap of faith to attend a coding boot camp, switch careers, and dive deep into the tech industry. I've been surprised by how many of the skills and lessons I learned as an educator have translated to my role in tech. So that got me thinking, have you taken a non-traditional route to tech? Or are you interested in transitioning yourself? This is a podcast that aims to interview career changers and folks who are diversifying tech. We'll hear stories from people who've taken unique paths and chat about the skills that they've transferred to their roles today. We're hoping to create a space for people to learn from one another, develop confidence, and debunk the antiquated notion that a computer science degree is required to succeed in tech. Come on, everyone. Let's dive in. My guest today is a Middle East Studies major turned software engineer. An Oakland native, she spent a few years after college working at a Jewish nonprofit in Jackson, Mississippi, before moving back home, learning how to code at Hackbright, and landing an engineering job at Reddit. A year into her tech career, she attributes her successes to her ability to slay at office karaoke, intense curiosity, and a refusal to eat a meal at her desk. Her day-to-day life now is filled with puns and banter, and if you're ever searching for someone to write or perform a nerdy song for your tech company, my guess is the person for the job. Her name is Becca Rosenthal, and I'm very excited to be hosting my very own Ask Her Anything today and have her on the podcast. Welcome, Becca. Hello. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So let's start at the beginning, shall we? Sure. Sure. Okay. Can you tell me more about the experiences that you had before you entered the tech industry? Yeah, absolutely. So had you told me that I would be in the tech industry a few years ago, I would have probably laughed in your face (laughs) because there is nothing more insane than the trajectory I've had the last few years. Um, I was a Middle East studies major in college with a focus in the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. And then I took the natural next step and got a job at a Jewish nonprofit in Jackson, Mississippi, where I worked as a traveling Jewish educator oh, wow. um, and traveled all around the South working with different Jewish communities. So cool. Um, and I did that for a couple of years. Yeah, it was it was really interesting. I learned a ton, most of which was that I do not want to work in the Jewish nonprofit world anymore <laughs> um, for so many reasons that let's not get into. Got it. Yeah. So it was a two-year fellowship. And when I finished, I had like turned 25 a, two day, a few days prior. And then I... Uh, Drove across the country to move back into my childhood bedroom with like no job prospects, no anything. And so moved back to Oakland and was trying to figure out what to do that would allow me to afford to live in the Bay Area. And I figured I needed to get into the tech industry somehow. Right. And I needed to figure out a way to get a seat at the table because I had no skills. (laughs) But like the interesting problems in our world are being solved in tech. Right. And so... I started Googling, like, how do I get into this? And I saw boot camps and I was like, that's insane. Um, the notion that you could like take a three month class and then like, hey, have a job as a software engineer. Like, that's crazy. And such a different route than what we were taught as teenagers, right? Of like what college looks like and that path. And this is flipping it on its head. Yeah, but I don't even think I knew that this was a path that I could take. Like, Oh, for sure. 
Like the when I was in college, actually, I took one coding class my second semester senior year. You did? I did. It was the source of the only F I received in my entire academic life. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, Becca, that's wild. Well, so ready for this? So it was like an intro to computing for web class, and it was like second semester senior year. I was working on my thesis. The first test came up. The class average was like a ninety-five, and I remember walking out of the test feeling pretty good about it. And then the professor mentioned like class average ninety-five. I was like, great, we're good. Um, I got like a fifty. Um, <laughs> I'm so sorry to be laughing. Wait, no, uh, you should be laughing. Oh Objectively, God. it's I'm hilarious. Dying. You're like, right, yep, nailed it. <laughs> right, which is an amazing show on Netflix. If you don't watch it, you need to. Yeah, um, yeah, it's so good. Um, it's just people failing to do impressive looking things. Um, it's awesome. But yeah, so I got that F on the test and was like, okay, then cool. And then for the rest of the class, it was mostly a partner class. And I had one of my rugby teammates, she did all the like hard stuff. And I like wrote out the jokes that were going to go into our like C or our HTML for like yes. the I don't even remember what the the like thing we built was. But you were the creative on it. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I can copy and paste stuff into a Word document. Happy to do it. Sure. Um, oh, my so God. so that was my intro to coding. Yeah, which is amazing. So then you're back in the Bay Area, being like, okay, this seems like the industry that I've got to enter. It's the way of the future. How do I do this? How do I tackle it? And so, in that's when you kind of made the choice of, I'm going to learn this. I just now need to figure out my path, and that's what led you to Hackbright. It wasn't that linear. It was more like, okay, I need yeah. to do something. And then um, I had taken like an online Excel course and realized I really liked the like thinking about puzzles in that way, right? Like it because it's all puzzles. Okay. Um, and I posted on like an SF Women in Tech Facebook group or something. Mm-hmm. And was like, I've heard about boot camps. They're a scam, obviously. Who's got experience? Mm-hmm. And someone responded and was like, Hey, I went to Hackbright. It was great. I'd be happy to talk to you about it. Not a scam at all. <laughs> and I was like, Yeah, o- okay, sure. And we we <laughs> hopped on the phone on like a Tuesday morning. And as she started telling me about her experience, I was like, Wow, this this is actually a thing. But I wasn't ready just to dive in and drop like fifteen grand on a class. What if I didn't like it? What if I wasn't good? at it. That's such an investment. Yeah. Totally. And so what I did was I did Hackbright's uh, part-time prep course, which was like twice a week after work for maybe two months. And it was like learn intro Python. And like the final project was build a terminal-based game. And I I did that course and got so hooked. Like I would get home at maybe 10 o'clock at night, open my computer, and then it would be two in the morning. Mm. And I was just playing around with stuff in Python. Yeah which was the the first language I learned. And what was so fun about it is like, I, you know, one night I got home and I just built a rock, paper, scissor game. It was with a bunch of if statements. Mm. And then they, they introduced the final project halfway through the course. And one of the options for things that you could do was build a rock, paper, scissors game. And I was like, well, I already (sighs) did that. I also already built a blackjack, like part of a blackjack game. That seems fun. And sure enough, I had finished it two weeks later before the, they had really gotten started. Like they were, they had mentioned like, start thinking about a final project. And meanwhile, I'd already built this fully functional blackjack game. Like I just, I caught the bug and ran with it. Absolutely. And so the, the full-time fellowship 
was actually starting before the prep course had ended. The joke at Hackbright is that I flunked up. And so I technically oh I started God. the full-time thing before prep had ended. Yeah. And I didn't really think about the implications of it. I didn't know what I was doing. It was like, oh, I like this. This is fun. Here's something to do. Let me just keep seeing what happened. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just following the path a little bit. And still at this point, I was 99% sure that I wasn't going to get a job as an engineer because engineers are geniuses who've been doing this since they were teenagers. And I'm obviously not. I figured that I would know enough enough to be able to get my foot in the door to land an interview to maybe be a product manager. Sure. And so use that as, oh, it's an added bonus thing on my resume, not the full thing I'm going in on. Oh, yeah. I mean, my resume showed me as being an incredibly competent Jewish educator. Mm -hmm. Who the fuck Mm -hmm. cares about that? They're like, yep, yep, those are skills. No, no, but they are. Yeah, I I mean, that's not going to get me anywhere in this industry, right? I want to solve interesting, big, ethical problems. And how am I going to get a foot in this door? Okay, so let's bring us to today. Tell me about Reddit. Can I tell you how I got my job story, though? Because it's actually unbelievable. Absolutely. I mean, I need to know that. Yes. Okay, so. One of the things that makes Hackbright really special is they give every student um, some randomly assigned mentors who are yeah. in the industry and you know volunteers to help out. And my mentor randomly happened to work at Reddit. Okay. And so that's part one. Uh, part two is Steve Huffman, who's the CEO of Reddit, yeah. came to speak at Hackbright during our like career week thing. And as soon as he started talking, all I could think was, oh my God, I want to work for you. Huh. I was not a Redditor. I had been on the site maybe once, uh, but Reddit is that place for vile trolls. And I am not a vile troll. Therefore, Reddit is not the place for me. I was confident in that. But then he started talking about how, you know, 99% of people are fundamentally good. Reddit is this place where conversation can happen on the internet. And the questions we're asking is, how do we make it so that the one or fewer than 1% of people that are assholes don't ruin it for everybody else? Mm. And I said, oh my God, there it is, right? I've spent the last two years in Mississippi working on building communities. As a Middle East Studies major, part of what I did was, you know, live three perspectives of the Israeli-Palestinian conflict and figure out how to talk to people on entirely opposite sides of ideological spectrums and find common ground, code switching between various groups of people and figure out how we can not just come together, but really hear each other. And like Reddit is this online place where this happens. Oh my gosh. The parallels are incredible. Incredible. That's amazing. And then he said something that blew my mind. And I said, I need you to be my boss, Mm -hmm. which was, how do you design a product women want to use without women on your product team? Yeah. And I said, you get it. Because I went to an all women's boot camp, right? And I knew that you know, people are hiring for diversity right now because they get yelled at in the press. Yeah. Or there's a boost in their salary if they hit their numbers right, or something exactly. like that. And right. he was articulating, we need to hire diversity because it's good for the business. Right. And I said, bingo. Ding, ding, ding. Right. Ding, ding, ding. And so the way he'll tell this story is that I pestered my way into the job. He's not incorrect. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, I mean, I emailed him after the after that talk and I was like, hello, fangirl, fangirl, fangirl. Uh, I'm the woman that asked you the question about what is the responsibility of the people building products to anticipate how they will be used for malicious purposes in the creation phase? Hey, wow. That was the question I asked him in this talk. That literally the first words he heard me say was that. (laughs) Wow. Yeah, that's an impression. Yeah. Oh, I I wasn't messing around. (laughs) And so in my email, I said, hi, I'm the woman who asked you this question. I agree with this part of your answer. I disagree with this part of your answer. I'd love to continue the conversation. Wow. 
Meanwhile, uh, I'm a musician, I'm a singer songwriter, and I had written this fictional comedy song called My Mentor and I, which is about matching with a professional mentor on Tinder, but really it's three minutes of coding puns. Uh, oh my God. Um, oh my God. Can I give you some I'm lyrics? With you. Just, thank you. You're great, Lauren. Can I give you some lyrics? Because I'm obsessed um, with Please. <laughs> the length of the list reasons why we can't be. Set the count to the risks to mentor and mentee. We could make like a git, track a change, and commit, but we can't get the status until we init. Yes, I matched with a mentor on Tinder with a man who could help my career. We're two parts of a tuple, a teacher, a pupil, immutable. That much is clear. (laughs) There's no dot get for feelings while breaking glass ceilings, at least not for this engineer. I will not let my tutor become my new suitor, at least till the end of the year. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I think I'm done podcasting because I can never get any better than this moment right now. <laughs> oh, you never get better because my mentor came to my show at the beginning of January. <laughs> you know, the next day said, send me your resume. Holy, oh my gosh. I'm and then dying. his desk I'm was next dying. to mine for my first four months on the job. Wow. You manifested your way in there. Literally. And like, so he referred me in. I had my recruiter phone screen on Tuesday. Okay. Meanwhile, Steve had responded to my email. He and I were set to have lunch on Friday that week. So I was able to tell my recruiter, I'm actually having lunch with your CEO on Friday. It was really hard for her to be like, yeah, let's not move you on in this process. Right, right, right. We're doing this out of formality at this point. Yeah. Mm. You know, my mentor, John O'Warren, who if you are listening right now, I cannot even begin to articulate how big of a compliment it is. Hello, I will refer you to my company. Actually, I'll refer you to my team. Actually, I'll refer you to sit next to me and I will be the one to personally make sure you succeed here. I don't think there's another compliment I've ever received that has been that profound and meaningful to me. So Jono, if you're listening, I love you tremendously. We did not match on Tinder. I cannot stress that enough. Oh, wow. But that's really beautiful, though. It sounds like it was a really incredible process. Oh, yeah. And then what that meant is when I started, I was so set up for success. My manager, mm-hmm. I already knew him because he was a Hackbright mentor also. Oh, wow. I had my mentor sitting next to me. Yeah. I'm buddies with the CEO. He had literally given me a pep talk in the lobby before my on-site interview because he knew me. I was the sixth yeah, Hackwriter wow. to be hired at Reddit. I was the second Hackwriter on my team. Wow. Um, Yeah. I mean, I was set up for success so much. And I think that the reason I was set up for success was because I manifested that, right? I cultivated a community. I made sure to do my research and I built those relationships to make it happen. Right. It's the best version of networking I've ever heard, right? It's saying, I'm going to establish this community so that I have these people in my corner and are rooting for me and now are my teammates and the people I collaborate with day in, day out. Well, you ready to hear what I've done at Reddit? Oh, sure. Yeah, take me there. (laughs) So I'm at Reddit. Within the first couple months, we're in the Women of Reddit Slack channel and something gets posted about front-end versus back-end engineers and how you know front-end is perceived perceived as women and backend is manly and I'm a backend dev. And I posted like, you know, why don't we have a women event, like a women's engineering at Reddit group here? And they were like, well, we didn't have sizable mass a year ago. And I was like, well, we do now. Yeah. Let's make it. And now I'm one of the leaders of that group. 
at Reddit. Very cool. It was like, oh, this doesn't exist. Let's make it. And the reason I made it was because I said, A, I'm brand new to this field. Mm -hmm. I have a million questions. Mm -hmm. If I ask them all to one person, I'm going to overburden that person and they're not going to want to answer it. So I need to make as many friends around this company as possible so that I don't overburden any one person. And then I can get help from a lot of people. Right. Yeah. To have that board of mentors that Mm -hmm. you can consult and go to for sure. That's important. And a warm intro to every team. Oh, good point. I started this group so that I would be able to have friends who were badass women engineers who could help me. Yeah. And then you're creating a community for more people to join in, not just from HackRight, but everywhere, right? And it's a mecca of engineers and badass women that are doing great stuff that people then want to join. And then that's just a cycle, right? Of an incredible forward progress. Bingo. (laughs) Oh, that's amazing, Becca. Cool. So it sounds like you've ended up at an amazing space and really cool team and you're working on pretty awesome things too, it sounds like, day in, day out. Yeah, I'm really excited about the stuff I get to do, right? Because I get to work on Reddit, which is an amazing, amazing product. And for any women listening that are like, Reddit is a place for monsters and trolls, I urge you, urge you, urge you, try again. Yeah, Reddit is humanity at its finest and at its worst. Reddit holds a mirror up to the world and Mm. says, this is who we are, the good, the bad, and the ugly. It's not who we think we are. It's not who we aspire to be. No, 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 no. Reddit is who we are. It's honest. Right. And so Reddit is, you know, a place where people go to find a mattress. Reddit is a place where people go to post cat videos. Reddit is a place where people go when they say, oh shit, I just got diagnosed with cancer. I need support. Reddit is a place where people go for all of that. Reddit is also a place where people have made subreddits called things like divorced birds, which is photographs of birds that look like they've been divorced once or twice and then funny captions about them. (laughs) It's everything. Literally everything. There was a thread on r slash ask Reddit, which is a subreddit named for asking Reddit, whatever. How do you Mm -hmm. deal with imposter syndrome? And it Mm. had thousands and thousands and thousands of comments from people in every industry, got maybe 50,000 upvotes or something, right? So Reddit has all of it. Yeah. And I get to make it easier for people to post and comment and feel safe and feel protected on Reddit, right? I get to help people find their people. And that's a really cool thing to get to say and to get to do and more to get paid to do. Yeah. No, that's important. That's so cool. That is so interesting. Wow. Mm -hmm. I think you're even helping me understand Reddit as a different product than maybe I I was perceiving it to be maybe 20 minutes before this. (laughs) What did you perceive it to be maybe 20 minutes before this? You know, it's the place that I like, I'm always feeling overwhelmed by the amount of news that I should be paying attention to in in the world of code. Mm. Like there's a new tech language, you know, whatever that is. And so feeling burdened by the list of things that I don't know, it's the space that how is that, but also a silly place to distract and fall into holes. No, that's really fair. It's interesting hearing you talk about all of the things in coding you don't know. Because I think one of the things that I decided really early on in my career that I think is really important for people that are new to the industry to hear is that the amount of shit you do not know will never stop. It's endless. Absolutely. So be really comfortable knowing what you know, right? And expanding that as you go, and then be really comfortable saying, I don't know. What is that? And asking questions and learning and growing as you go. And this was super helpful for me in the interviews phase, particularly for a junior dev role right out of a boot camp. But even now, I'm not stupid. I'm just new. So teach me what these things are and I'll learn them. But you're going to need to teach them to me. And that's been an attitude that has gotten tremendous, tremendous success. 
at Reddit because everybody wants to teach and everybody wants to be helpful. And if you say, Mm -hmm. hello, this is the help I need. So often people will say, okay, cool. Here's, Here's what we got for you. Totally. Yeah. So to spin it and to embrace what you don't know and to say, hey, I need help with this. Can you fill me in on it? That feels really empowering for the person that you're asking then too. And it helps you build the relationship. Hugely. I I actually had a conversation with our CTO, Chris Slow, who's incredible um, about this when I was talking about how hard it is as a junior developer to feel comfortable asking questions, because particularly in the beginning, you don't have the vocabulary to ask the question, Mm -hmm. right? Because the reality is like, hi, I'm stuck. I'm doing stuff. I don't really know what's happening. Like I did a thing that's doing a thing, but now there's an error message and what? Yeah, how to track it down or you don't know what you don't know kind of thing. Yeah, Absolutely. And, and I'm not going to post that in our developers help Slack channel that's got mm-hmm. you know 200 of my colleagues because I'm not going to, I don't want to look stupid in front of them. Yeah, that's not the safest space. <laughs> right. And the reality is it is a safe space to ask the question of like, hey, how do I commit something and say linter, shut up and like, don't fail this commit because uh, I have pep eight errors. Like, right, this is a work in progress. I just want to save it. Asking like stupid syntax questions is fine, mm-hmm. but you have to be confident enough to know that your colleagues won't then think you're an idiot. Yep. Interesting. Yeah. And so I've had this conversation with him. And what he said to me was, I love stupid questions. And I looked at him like he was Mm. crazy. And then he says, what? It means I'm confident that my answer is correct. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. True. Okay. I will ask stupid questions. (laughs) And what I found is that whenever I do, particularly in public, I get messages from other people saying, oh my God, thank you for asking that all Mm. fucking time. Oh, I was wondering that too. And you're like, well, why didn't you ask it? But okay, fine. I'll be the person. I'm comfortable being that person. And thus we get those questions answered at the very least. Precisely. Oh, that's important. Uh, I love your attitude and outlook. It's really empowering. So thanks for sharing that. Thank you. So can you tell me how has your past as a musician and songwriter helped you today in your role as a software engineer? Yeah. So aside from writing comedy songs about matching with mentors on Tinder. I mean, aside from that, because I mean, that's now something I will play often. <laughs> uh, it's on YouTube. But- Listeners, I will, of course, link that in the show notes. It's so funny. I, it, honestly, so it's, it's like Jewish wedding jokes and coding puns and the best part is whenever i play it live i can tell who in the audience is jewish and who in the audience is a software engineer by exactly when they laugh (laughs) (laughs) oh the mashup is great it's incredible oh my god it's phenomenal and of course my mentor was a jewish software engineer so he died music has been a huge part of my role at reddit mostly in terms of me getting to the company a few months in uh, they did office uh, karaoke right before Pride. I may or may not have stood on top of a table and rapped the entirety of Eminem's Just Lose It without looking at any of the lyrics. <laughs> yeah, I did that. And then the VP yeah. of product looked at me, Becca, I love you. And I'm like, you know oh. my name? Oh, my God. So like that's kind of how I got to know the company. There you go. Um, and then we had like a company camping trip. And I like brought a guitar and sat there like shredding for eight hours with a bunch of random people, got to know a bunch of other folks that way. Mm -hmm. Like all of the non-coding skills and like networking skills and particularly being able to small talk with anybody and easily like build relationships and build trust and make people laugh has been a huge part of just getting people to know who I am. 
which has been a huge help for me. Absolutely. The then they have you have people that are having other conversations that are like, yeah, Becca's pretty great. They're all in your corner. Exactly. That's awesome. It's so fun to see that helping you make those connections, I imagine, too. It sounds like you're bringing your full self to work, which I've got to say is pretty rare. Oh, yeah. I'm so lucky. And can I tell you, I haven't even told you the best okay, story. Tell me. <laughs> when I first started, there was an article in The New Yorker about Reddit and its uh, search to detoxify the internet. And in it, there was a quote from our CTO that said, musical about Reddit would be called a barrage of dicks. <laughs> and I said, that's the funniest thing I've ever seen. I'm obviously going to write that musical. So we had an internal hackathon and I stood up in front of the entire company, maybe three months into the job. And I said, hello, I'm writing a barrage of dicks, the musical, and I need oh. your help. <laughs> And to be fair, I had been working on a song for it for about four months at this point. It was about a subreddit called Redditor for Redditor or R for R, basically the personals of Reddit. And I got a couple other colleagues to like sing this song with me in front of everybody. Oh my God. I wasn't going to do it initially because I was talking to a product manager about it. And I was like, I don't feel like I can justify using engineering hours on writing a musical about Reddit. And he was like, no, no, no. This is what Snooze Week is for. We hired you to be yep. you and to like bring yourself to Reddit. Like this is that. <laughs> Yeah. And I looked at him like he was insane. And then I said, okay, done. Okay. Yeah. And so the the people at the company that don't know me for standing on a table doing karaoke know me as a barrage of dicks, which is fine, I guess. I get to show up authentically as myself and work at Reddit, on Reddit about like, that's amazing to yeah. me. And then I also get to code and solve really interesting technical problems. Yeah. Like I just did a data migration of all of our account data from a Postgres database to a Cassandra database, mm, cool. which for the record, a year ago, I did not know what that sentence sure, meant. Sure. I did not know. And this is a point actually I think is really important. Half of the sentences that come out of my mouth at work, I would not have understood a yeah. year ago. Oh, same. More um, than half. I mean, yeah, it's wild. Completely wild. And I wish that I could tell my former self, and I hope anybody who is listening mm -hmm. to this understands that you can learn so fast. Yeah. One of the women at Reddit, right when I started, she interviewed me. She actually was, did an interview for me in JavaScript. I did not prep for an interview in JavaScript, and it turned into a really interesting interview mm. experience, actually. When I first started, the thing that she told me was, listen, you would have to work really hard to not learn anything in a year of working here. Oh, yeah. Like you learn so much so fast. So anyways, the fact that I get to like good point. joke about a barrage of dicks, the musical, and then do like hardcore databasey stuff and work on building microservices. And now I'm like working on moving stuff uh, into GraphQL cool. for like some new features that we're building and I'm like leading a backend project where we're working with mobile engineers and front end engineers and designers and product managers and the community team. And like, I get to be kind of the hub of this project. Like, Hell yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Right? I'm like, I've been doing this for 10 minutes. Oh, it's so empowering. It's so important though, to think about it that way. This is a lot to learn, but you can do it and it happens fast. And it's just an incredible journey along for it, though. 100%. And the way that I've done it, I want to talk about imposter syndrome for a second and like how I got over it. Yeah. Um, and then the, the attitude I have that I think is the most healthy thing in the world. Uh, it's probably the only attitude I have that's the healthiest thing in the world, but just barely. <laughs> um, so on my second day at the job, I sat down for breakfast with this guy who I had never seen before. And, you know, hi, I'm Becca. I'm new. Oh, hi, I'm Brian. I'm new. Nice to meet you. What's your role? Oh, I'm an engineer. Oh, I'm a contractor. Cool. Well, what do you do here? Oh, well, they brought me in because I'm an expert on this coding language. What's the language? Well, it's called, it's called Rust. It's an open source language. I actually pioneered it and I'm the primary contributor. Holy shit, this dude wrote a fucking programming language. Oh, yeah, right. hi, uh, I just graduated from a boot camp and uh, this is my first tech job. What's, what's a GitHub? Uh, 
you know, and I asked him, like, what advice do you have for somebody brand mm. spanking new to this industry? Right. And he started talking about the imposter syndrome that he faces and how inadequate he feels and how he doesn't feel like he can live up to the expectations on him and that he doesn't like that. He, he talked about, he feels like an imposter. And mm. at that moment, I, I decided if this guy who just wrote his own programming language doesn't feel like he is good enough, I will never be good enough. Therefore I'm good enough. And I just, in that moment, decided like feeling good enough is clearly never going to happen. So I'm just going to decide that I am where I am. And instead of comparing myself to you, I'm going to compare myself to me three months ago. Mm -hmm. Am I, am I faster? Do I know more? Am I more competent? Can I work more independently? Am I working on more complex things? If so, I'm good. Mm -hmm. And that's how I got over my imposter syndrome and like, obviously it comes back roaring all the time when I'm given a task where it's like, I have no idea how to do that. Right. Of course you're human. I am in fact a human. This is true. Uh, but now I feel really comfortable asking people yeah. from the perspective of, I don't know this yet. Teach me. Right. And then I know. It. Yeah. It's a great growth mindset demonstration and it's incredibly empowering to realize that, you know, we're all facing it. And so, okay, I'm just going to move on from it. Like I'm not going to give it any weight in my life and it's not going to win, if you will, or debilitate me. I'm just going to acknowledge it and then keep moving forward and figure it out. Precisely. Wow. I'm feeling suddenly empowered to like go change the world listening to you. So I got to say it's really? contagious. Yeah. Right. Like, okay, why not? <laughs> yeah, one of my mentees at Hackbright, because I now mentor, I've mentored three women now who shout out to the three of you, Michelle, Kat and Aaron, y'all are amazing. You oh, inspired yeah. me to no end. Yes. One of my uh, mentees who is a former data engineer whose background I would have killed for like, oh my God. Right. Yeah. Ditto. Damn. She's like, I'm so new. I'm like, no, you're not. You're real. You're fine. I wrote a guide to like everything I did from the moment I finished Hackbrite to getting my job at Reddit. And it's like 10 pages yep. long and it's my short version. And I sent it to her and she called it ruthlessly practical. Hmm. And I think that's what my attitude is. Okay. I mean, let's dive into that a little bit. What did that look like for you? How were you ruthlessly practical? I knew that I wasn't going to get interviews off of my resume because an amazing mm -hmm. educator with a bootcamp degree is not who people are like, yes, that is my next software engineering hire. That's yeah, true. But I also know that as soon as you get on the phone with me, I can make you so excited about literally anything mm -hmm. it will move me on to the next stage of the interview process. My foot in the door. Right. And so referrals are my best friend, mm. right? Anybody okay. I knew that worked at a tech company that had a job for a new grad or a junior software engineer, hello, will you refer me? Anybody right. who's in the job hunt process, you should know that in tech, if you refer somebody that gets hired, they probably get a bonus. Yep. It can be the most that it would have been for anybody that referred me was 10 grand. Nobody will say, no, I'm not going to take a shot at potentially getting 10 grand off of you. Right. So ask for the referral. The answer will be yes. Yeah. Great advice though. Right. So number one, referrals. Number two, it's a numbers game. You're going to be bad at it at first and then you will get better. Mm. So start your interview process with companies that you don't care about. My first interview, which went so badly, it was like a hacker rank thing that was terrible, was for a company in the South Bay. And I said, I'm not going to work anywhere south of the mission. I will either be in Oakland or be in San Francisco. Uh, you're in San Bruno or something. Mm -hmm. and I was like, nope. 
I'm not going to work for you. So great. Let's great. Let me fail here and then learn from those moments. Yeah. Smart. Oh, and fail. I did. Yeah. Oh, fail. I did. But actually, okay, here's the story of that one. So it was a hacker inc challenge. It was, you know, you have an hour, solve these two problems. I open it up and I start doing the first problem. I have no idea what the hell it's asking. It took me maybe a half hour to not understand it at all. Mm-hmm. Great. We're a half hour in. I go over to the next problem. It takes me 10 minutes to not really understand that one. By the time my hour ran up, one of my problems got stuck in an infinite loop. And the other one said, if there's no input, return. <laughs> cool. <laughs> so I'm freaking out because uh, I would say I failed that. Yeah. Hold on. Let's talk about empowering. So the next day, I woke up and I had taken a screenshot of one of the problems and I spent eight hours. You heard me eight hours. uh, I was on a flight home from New York back to the Bay solving one of the problems. Hmm. It took me eight hours, but I did it. Yeah. And I emailed the recruiter and I said, hey, Rachel, thank you so much for sending the Hacker Rank Challenge. I couldn't finish it in the hour. Uh, here's the solution to the first problem. Could you please forward it along to the team? I didn't get a chance to screenshot the second one. Could you please send that over and I'll have a solution in your inbox on Monday? Thank you. Hmm. Wow. For the record, there's no reason she should say yes, but also I had nothing to lose. Right. At that point, why not? Why not? And the big point was like, it's going to take me longer to do things. Yeah. But I'm going to work really hard and I'm going to do them. Yeah. It takes you longer, but you're willing to. But I'm willing to. You want to learn. Ready for what her response was? Yeah. She sent me the second problem. So I spent six hours over the weekend solving a problem that should have taken me less than a half hour, according to HackerRank. Yeah. And I submitted it. And then I got rejected three weeks later. Fine. (laughs) Sure. But what did I have to lose? Nothing. Fast forward maybe six or seven months, I'm speaking on the panel about how I got my job at Hackbright internally. I tell this story, haha, everybody laughs. I go back three months later, and one of the women who was sitting in that cohort at Hackbright is now sitting next to me on this panel. And I told this story again, and she looks at me, she goes, Can I tell you? I took your advice, and that's how I got my current job. Hmm. I said, What? She goes, Yeah, I emailed them back, you know, way later. I said, Here's the solution. And they said, Thank you so much. We were testing out a new coding challenge, and apparently we need to work on it a little bit. Ah, and you helped us realize the gaps and the errors with it. Exactly. Huh. And so like, hell yeah. Hell fucking yeah. That's important. Oh my God. Like, here's the other thing I say all the time. Again, ruthlessly practical. Do you currently have a job at insert name of company here? No. Would your life change if you received an email from insert name of company here that you still don't have a job there? No. So go apply, go get rejected. Your life literally does not change. Absolutely. Whatever. No, I think it's, I think that's exactly how we need to be looking at it. And I think it's really important to be perceiving our interview process as that. And so thank you for saying that. Okay. So let's transition. Can you tell me about a time you have felt like an outsider and how you've dealt with that feeling? Yeah, for sure. Um, I've obviously never felt like an outsider and I have fit in a hundred (laughs) percent of my life. So I'm sorry. I can't help you. Okay. Thank you so much. I'll try. <laughs> no, how insane would that be? Now? I know. I sometimes I'm afraid that people will say that, and I'm like, oh, is this our moment where it's make or break? Like we are vibing or not? <laughs> no, you are a liar in that moment. Whoever yeah. says that, for sure. So it was actually a few weeks ago. Somebody was giving a talk at like our backend engineers meeting, and they were talking about like how does search work on the internet and how to search work mm-hmm. at Reddit. And in the first few minutes of his talk, he mentioned something like the history of, you know, some of the CSE stuff. And he goes, you know, when Hadoop came out, you all know what Hadoop is. So like, don't even <sighs> worry about it. And I don't know why in that moment I shut yep. down. Well, I, I do know why in that moment I shut down. Um, I shut down because you weren't talking to me. Yeah. You can't imagine a world where you have a colleague that wasn't doing this work when Hadoop came out. And Hadoop is some internet framework thing. 
for those of right. you listening. Can you tell I didn't research no, how to do yeah, this? Absolutely. Um, I, God, I have a manager that does this all the time. That's like, oh, well, I'm sure you know this already. Or that language of like, well, you know this or like assuming, yeah, that can't even right. never picture this concept of talking to someone that doesn't have a clue. Right. <sighs> and and I actually gave that feedback to him afterwards. And I said, listen, like those words right there, those need to get cut. Actually, to be fair, I didn't tell these words to him. I told these words to a bunch of other people and then ranted about it on Twitter for a while. Mm, <laughs> yeah. Because this, this is somebody who like runs our search team and I don't want to go to him and be like, hello, baby engineer here. I don't know anything. Right. Like, hi, that was really otherifying and you made me feel this. Yeah. Yeah, sure. That's right, tough. But also, hello, baby engineer here. I don't know anything. <laughs> Teach me things. Totally. And, totally. Instead of calling me in, he was pushing me out. Yeah. And I think that that feeling of being in a meeting where you don't know the words people are talking about is so common. So that happened a couple of weeks ago when somebody was giving a talk. Mm-hmm. Yesterday, we had a meeting, same group of people, right? All the backend engineers at Reddit, probably 20-ish people in the conference room. Somebody at a whiteboard explaining how a system works. And at this meeting, every time somebody talked about like, oh, these are some pickled things. And I was like, what does that mean? I would just say, hey, what's pickled mean? Uh, hey, what's that word mean? Okay. And I would start advocating for myself yeah. of, Hey, I don't know this word yet. Just tell me what it is. And then I will know what this word is. That was my way of solving for it. Well, it's awesome that you're doing that though, because there have been so many moments where I just start writing down all the words that I don't know during the meeting because I'm making the assumption that I'm the only one. You're not. Exactly. Yeah. Like why not just say, sorry, let's pause really quickly. What was that acronym you just used? Or I do that except for I don't use the word sorry. I've cut that out of my vocabulary. Totally. (laughs) Not to call you out, Lauren, but I'm going to call you out. No, you're my new guru. (laughs) And I do this to my mentees too. So my first, one of my mentees would apologize for breathing. Yeah. You know, I'm sorry my computer isn't starting. Yeah. Be sorry if you murder somebody. Also don't murder somebody, but like sure. No, (laughs) save sorry for when you're sorry. And I gave her the homework assignment of I want you to walk down the street and bump into 10 people and not say anything. Oh my gosh. I'm sure she came back like that was really tough. But you know it also like you live and that's probably awesome to realize too. (sighs) Take up space in the world. Don't apologize for it. It's take up space. Hell yeah. Hi, real quick, what is that word? Yeah. Totally. I'm not sorry that I don't know what pickling a string means. Right, I'm not going to apologize for something like that. Yeah, absolutely. I used to be a volleyball coach when I was a teacher and we would make girls do push-ups when they would apologize for like missing something. And I just, I was like, I'm really ingraining something weird behavior in their life. I like hope they've all turned out okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I too am an athlete. I was a you know competitive soccer player in high school. I played rugby in college. And I think that particularly for women, sports are the most important thing for how do you make a badass, make her an athlete? Yeah. I, it's like you take no shit. You understand really tangibly more time practicing and working hard yields better results. Like Absolutely. you win some, you lose yeah. some. That's the game. But mostly this is a team effort. Yeah, that you're a part of something. For me, yeah. tech is a team sport. Every person who <laughs> I can help succeeds, that is helping me, right? Every hack writer that gets a job makes every other hack writer look better. Every woman who gets a promotion makes every right. other woman more valuable, makes us all succeed more. Like this pie is big enough for all of us. How can we help? Yeah. Boost There's room for us at the top. Yeah. 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 There is. Yeah. And And as soon as I get in, how can I lift you in, right? How can I pull you up with me? How can I say thank you to the people who pulled me in, right? How can I tell Jono thank you? By paying it forward. Past a cohort at Hackbright, he had a mentee and I had a mentee. And like Mm -hmm. my mentee is like his little grand mentee. Oh, I love that. It's exactly what we need to be doing. It's our duty now that we're in it to make sure that the space that we are creating is just as welcoming and encouraging and a space for everyone to come in and succeed. 
Precisely. And it's not just for people who are new to the industries. And I think that as women in tech, we are in a golden spot in the industry where people are more open to the idea of giving women a chance to grow up the ladder than I think they ever have been. Mm -hmm. And we're being put in a position where like we can prove people right. Oh, it feels really cool. Yeah. So here's the thing about finding a job as a junior developer. If a company doesn't have the infrastructure to support a junior developer and doesn't have the awareness that like we need to diversify our engineering team to have a successful product in order to have a successful product, you don't want to work for them. And so like if there's a company that's like, oh, we only hire from MIT, like that's cool. I don't want to be a part of your company. If you have a company that's like, hey, we really pride ourselves on having our engineering team and our team look like the people that use our product and therefore we want people from all backgrounds and we want to do whatever it takes to make sure that they feel supported and empowered to make our product better, then we would love to have you. Great. Go work there. You're going to be so much more successful, so much happier and not feel as outsider because you'll be given a chance to succeed and be understood for who you are, where you're coming from, and given that compassion. Uh, I genuinely could not agree more. All right, Becca. So go ahead and make your shout out. What would you like listeners to go check out? Shameless plug. Come hang out on Reddit. There's some amazing subreddits to check out. Okay. Uh, my personal favorite is r slash girls gone wired. That's wired, not wild. Uh, that's a different <laughs> subreddit. It's not what you're looking for at the moment. Clarification. Uh, <laughs> there, there's so many great jokes. There's all also like Gone Wilder, which is exclusively gifts from Gene Wilder movies. Okay, um, yeah, of course. <laughs> but Girls Gone Wired, it's a women in tech sub. Awesome. CS career questions, mm. programming dad jokes are great. Yeah. Other general resources like women who code, girls who code, huge fans of those. Yeah. Um, if you're in the job hunt process, interview cake is amazing. Mm-hmm. Go use them. Yeah. And just follow Chloe Condon on Twitter. She's amazing. Oh, yeah. Hi, she... Chloe. <laughs> right. <laughs> I love it. All great resources. Thank you, Becca. And so where can people find you online? Yeah. So you can find me on Twitter at Becca Roro, R-O-R-O. I'm Sing Shred Code on Reddit, like eat, pray, love, but tech. Uh, for don't, I mean, following on Reddit doesn't really mean anything, but oh. come hang out on Reddit. It's oh, fun. Yeah. Oh my gosh. If you Google my mentor and I, Becca Rosenthal, mm-hmm. you'll find a great fictional comedy song about matching with a professional mentor on Tinder. Oh, it's amazing. You're amazing. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you, Becca, so much for chatting with me today. This was such a wonderful conversation and I learned so much from you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. This was fun. And that's a wrap on another episode of We Belong Here, Lessons from Unconventional Paths to Tech. Be sure to rate and subscribe anywhere you can find podcasts and check us out next week for another story and lessons learned from an unconventional path to tech.